Hi, I'm Jake Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. Holy shit. The guest this week is so fucking cool. I could not handle it. When they agreed to do the podcast, I truly lost my mind. I was like yelling at my boyfriend because the guest this week is Suchin Pak. Now, you may know her from her work as a journalist. You may know her from her podcast, Add to Cart. But like many, I'm assuming many of you, like me, know her originally from her work for 10 years on MTV News as one of like the iconic faces of MTV during the peak like TRL era. We talk so much about what it was like going out at that time, being a part of that world. Suchin was so kind and generous. And this this interview is so fun and so cool. I'm obsessed with Suchin Pak, like truly. Um, I am dying to go out to California and grab dinner with her. Like truly, this was such a great episode. Um, I am obsessed with that period of time, especially in like the Viacom universe, like <laughs> the Viacom cinematic universe of 2000. 1 to 2010 and Suchin was front row center for all of it um, and she really like lets us into that world this episode is so fun I'm gonna stop talking so you can listen to it please enjoy me going out with Suchin Pak I've been saying all week I'm like so excited to talk to you I'm so excited to talk to you because you mm-hmm. um I have been like I've watched you for years and feel like you have been you kind of have touched on like you just said you lived in New York for a really long time you lived in LA yeah. for a really long time you have existed in a lot of different um career and world spaces like I don't I don't know that much about your social life but I would assume based on the career path you've had that your social life has probably changed a lot as well along the path with that um yeah. and so I would assume in tandem with that like going out, restaurants, nightlife, just how your life existed on a day-to-day basis over the course of all this time is probably just fascinating to someone like me who like, this is all I talk about is like people's social lives and restaurants and bars and how they lived in different cities. Oh boy, are you in for a, what I like to call just a a full speed into a brick wall. Um, You are talking to a real life uh, uh, social anxiety ridden hermit. Wow. And so, uh, no, but I mean, yes and no, you know, I mean, I say that and everyone's like, oh God, here she goes with her. I, you know, I have social anxiety and I hate people talk. And then she's on the microphone or interviewing. Um, those two, those two can uh, coexist and they don't coexist very well. No, so, totally. I think um, it makes sense that yeah. they do to an extent. I, yeah, think, I think you can relate. Yeah, I mean, I think that people, it makes sense to me, you know, someone who is a a journalist and an interviewer and, a, you know, a human interest, re, I don't, researcher is not the right word, but like, if you're someone who, part of your job is, you know, viewing yeah. people in their full picture and in their full story and in their full context, when you're doing that with everyone and then you're in a room with a lot of those people, that becomes crushing very quickly. Oh my God. Jake, hold me. Just rock me to sleep. As as you often do at night. I like to end. I, I always love a, a, a love a good Jake tirade. It just makes uh, me feel seen. Thank you. You know what I mean? That's how we connected. Let's be honest. Yeah, no, of 100%. Of course, that's probably how you connect with so many of your fans is DM of like, how have I been invisible up until this very moment in time? You have seen me. So agreed, you know, like all of that stuff. I mean, I think that you know, working and being on MTV and, and living in that world, especially in your twenties and thirties, you know, uh, there is a lot of pressure to sort of, um, live up to a certain standard of fabulousness, you know, and I always fell very, very, very short of that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and living in New York, God, talk about going out. I moved to New York, you know, uh, 
what behind the ears? I don't know if that's a phrase. I'm just going to say it. No, I think it's it is. so fresh and dewy. Yeah. Yeah. From, from the Bay area. And did you move to New and York for MTV? I moved, no, I moved to New York for a network called oxygen. Oh, I knew which this. we know it now as I think it's crime. And then it was girls gone bad. And, but before that yeah. it was Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. I remember and, it as the, yeah. the network that played, um, full season America's next top model marathons on my days home yeah. from six from school. Yeah. That's oxygen for me and bad girls, which Club. is also amazing. Yes. Yeah. And bad girls club. But before that you wouldn't have seen it because, uh, it, I, it didn't even air in New York when I was working there. That's I never so saw funny. <laughs> the show that I worked on. Oh my God, that's so funny. It used to work that way before the internet and YouTube and all of that, you know? So anyway, so I went out there to do that. And then when that whole thing kind of changed and shifted and that show went away, um, I that's when I came to MTV. And a lot of my producers at the time had worked at MTV. You know, MTV Viacom in New York is like, it's like it's like the biggest college campus when you're talking beast. about media. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you'll always there you, if you work in this industry and you and you live in New York, you have friends, you used to work, you're one person away from a permalance, you know, MTV person. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. I can name <laughs> six true. right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I still I still run into it all the time. I get jobs from XMTV people. I'm at events when, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, totally. it really is like, it's a, it's a bizarre and, you know, massive world. Anyway, so that's how I came to MTV. But, and, and so, you know, I, I had come there and, and, and never really had like a, a nightlife kind of opportunity coming from, you know, the Bay Area. And I say Bay Area and I don't mean San Francisco, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, East Bay, small, small suburban town, very far from San Francisco. Totally. And I remember when I first moved there, mm-hmm. um, I had a uh, from, Frommers, Frommers, I don't know how to pronounce that, guide. It's a oh, travel book guide yes. and, of New York. And uh, I, along with uh, my uh, two friends there, we would circle a neighborhood and we would hit all the bars on that list. And that's how I worked my way through my twenties and New York. <laughs> and uh, a lot of that I will not be discussing in public. You can imagine, Absolutely. but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you talk to a, you know, uh, an A plus uh, student here. That's how I'm going to approach bars in New York. I'm going to go to a travel book methodically. <laughs> uh, no one is, nothing is left out, researched. Um, and uh, anyway, so that's kind of uh, was my introduction into New York City. I mean, this is pre MTV, you know, right. when I first sort of moved there. And then MTV is like a whole other thing. You know, then you're talking about lists and, you know, and yachts and that sort of. Did sort you of enjoy world. that world? Like, what was that like kind of being? Because I would imagine, like, I can't, I guess this has happened to me a very, on a much, much smaller scale, but being a comedian and also doing stuff about the the restaurant and the nightlife scene in New York, it's like, there is an influence that your career starts to have on your social life. Like, you have to do certain, like, and that line is blurred in a way that I don't think it is when you are, you know, even just like, working at Viacom as like a producer, like something that doesn't have, when you're not in front of the camera, when your name isn't part of the whole thing, where I think when it starts to bleed, what was that like for you? Did you enjoy being on the list and having to go to the events or was it kind of a nightmare? I mean, I think so. I mean, anyone will lie to you if they're like, oh no, don't, don't take me ahead of the line and put me on the list. Okay. I'm glad you're being honest because if you had said no, I wouldn't have believed you. It's like, (laughs) yeah, come on, give me a break. I'm like, are you joking me? There's a line. No, that's not, that's not my line. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, and then there's also the, like the complete and horror, uh, of, of, of getting to the front of the line being like, hi. And they're like, no, yeah. I'm like, oh wait, do you know what? Well, we know who you are. That's, that's still a no, you know, <laughs> there's, there's that, there's Oof. that rejection as well. That's which never is, happened to me. And uh, that would I, crush me. That would crush. Oh, crush. Me. Yeah. No, crush, crush you. Um, so you know, there's always that, 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 that fine line. You're always in New York. Um, 
you know, the checks and balances, they come, they come fast and furious you, behind every corner. You, the second you feel you're feeling yourself, someone will vomit in your face and then you're <laughs> right back, right back to the J train. You know what I mean? Like that's not, that's 100%. not how, it, yeah. how, how people play in New York and they don't give a fuck. They don't, they didn't care then. They don't certainly don't care now. But I think there was something really nice. I mean, a lot of what of the work that I was doing, you know, involved that kind of stuff, you yeah. know, like the after parties were there or the interviews were there, that sort of thing. My friends and I joke um, uh, also my was my producer at MTV at the time, but you know, one of my best friends. So we were, I was at his house and I'm like, should we, I want to do... <laughs> I want to do like a bespoke t-shirt line where all it is, is like uh, clubs that were hot in the early 2000s. I would buy we every were, single you know, one. I would Moomba, buy every single one. You know, these <laughs> days, do you remember Moomba? And we were too tired to think of that one was just hilarious. You probably don't, you know, Limelight. You I know, do remember like Limelight. I think I'm aware of more of the LA ones because I feel like those were really documented. Like, you know, like oh, yeah. Ledoux and the Viper Room. Like, I remember thinking those yeah. were... Because the thing is, I think that's what's so funny to me talking about this with you now is like when you're talking about... Like, what you're talking about was like I was sitting in... To give you some context about like my background. Yeah. I grew up... I was born in um, Rhode Island in like yeah. a somewhat metropolitan area. And then when I was seven my family moved to like the woods in Vermont. And so I just became incredibly obsessed with everything cosmopolitan and urban yeah. because I had, I felt like I was, I felt very isolated and I was like, I'm yeah. missing culture. I'm missing the world. I, yeah, I like, was there. Yeah. I was there at the center. And I was at the Rhode center Island in Cranston, culture. Rhode Island, a suburb of Providence, <laughs> but like it really felt that way to me. And yeah. so I, I, I think for me, the MTV, the late nineties, early two thousands, I guess more early two thousands, MTV VH1 sort yeah. of iconography of that time <laughs> and the nightlife of New York and LA and the, the, the going out on the real world. I, it, that to me was like, that was like the French salons of the day. Like in my mind, I was like, that is where culture is happening. Like that is where that they are on the forefront of like all things like 12 year old me was obsessed. And so it's so funny yeah. because I can look back now on like, even thinking like what, I can, I, now that I'm involved in the New York nightlife scene to an extent, it's like, and I know the veneers of like how, especially to go to the events that are considered like the coolest, hottest spots and how yeah. um, absolutely brutalizing it can be. It's oh, just yeah. so funny to imagine what it was actually like, even though I was salivating for it so desperately as a 13 yeah. year old. I mean, I don't know what it's like now, you know, obviously like my life has changed so much, but I think, I mean, not to be whatever, but I think it was salivating, you know, worthy, it you know, there good. is a certain sense because this was before cell phones and videos and the internet, like shit was happening all the time. And it always felt private and it always felt very, um, you know what I mean? Exclusive uh. because you're like, I am watching, you know, uh, Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears dancing and nobody knows this is happening and nobody, you know what I mean? Or whatever I just got it was chills. at the time. But yeah, I, I mean, know. that is no. to be, because what I think that's like what I don't, people don't maybe realize when you're talking about going to these events in 2000, what, like, what, what are we talking about yeah. now? Like 2002, 2000, well, I was there from like two. 2000, you know, one to 2010. Totally. So like that time, especially probably like I, when did cell phones even start happening? Like 2000, but not smartphones until later than that. So like, no. And where did you put those videos? Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, you didn't totally. put them That's on your Instagram account. And so it's like, the thing is, it's like when you were getting led into those events, like when you get event, those events now are still on stage spaces. That's right. They're and public so people facing. Don't, but yeah, when people you were going to them loose. back then, yes. that was a, you were getting behind the scenes. Yeah, nobody was performing. Oh. That was how you let off steam, right? Is is that so all that, you know, were all you the treated celebrity I'm, I'm curious, like in those space, because you were a journalist. Do you feel yeah. like there was any sort of like, oh, be careful around be careful around you? Or was it no, like once you're in, everyone's in? I think um I think once you're in, everyone's in. Number one. Number two, I worked for MTV. You know right. what I mean? It wasn't like I was, 
I was on the front the lines of, you know, PBS <laughs> front line. Do you know what I mean? Totally. I was, you know, doing TRL. So, and so there's a relationship, you know, it, yeah. it is sort of like a symbiotic relationship. You know, my 100%. good relationship with these artists, you know, it only helped me be better at my job. So of I, course. I think there was a trust. There's always a trust there. And, and so there's that. And also what would I do with that? Where would I put that again? Like, yeah, there was just, yeah, I get, you know, of course there was TMZ and there was all of that, but I mean, it's not like, I mean, I don't even actually know when TMZ came out. I guess it would be page six, you know, and maybe, but like, maybe Perez think, a little bit. Yes. But think about page six. <laughs> They're like words on a page, blind items, yeah. you know, like, can you imagine that being so salacious like you it's page so six was everything i remember the first time i made it onto page six and, <laughs> you know what i mean being like that so didn't happen this is awesome wait do you remember you know? may i ask do you remember what page six claimed it you was, did okay i i remember it was page six and it said i was canoodling uh the real best, word the best word can't make that up with someone and i know that that kind of goes want want like who is the person but i can't remember because it didn't happen right you like, know what i mean i was like i don't even know who like that Justin person is. or something yeah exactly <laughs> you know so i just was like i'm canoodling uh, i'm fucking canoodling so you know i mean that's that's where you would do it but it would be blind and it would be on print sure everyone was reading it but there was i you look back now and you're like oh isn't that so sweet i mean it ruined lives then i know <laughs> don't get me wild. wrong but we didn't know we how much worse it was going to get how much worse that was as bad as it was was you know getting on page 6 so yeah, like there's a certain freedom there and 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 that sort of thing. And I fully I, I'm sure it exists elsewhere, but it's, maybe. We're not supposed to know about it now. Do you yeah. were you around for experiencing the shift? Like, or do you feel like it kind of shifted after you got out? Oh no, it's shifted way after because yeah, because by the time I left TRL, I mean I always say that that was just about the time that Twitter, Twitter was happening. Yeah. And so it wasn't even Instagram, right? Um, yeah. And I remember the moment, like I saw the writing on the wall, was when Britney Spears has ha was had given birth to, I think probably her first child or one yeah. of her children. And I was going on live on TRL, and all day long we had been waiting for the confirmation from their PR yeah. team to be able to, you know, because they're a legit newsroom. We yeah. can't just report hearsay. But everybody, yeah. you know, was tweeting about it. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, this is the death of my career here. Because if I can't go on and, you know, one of our biggest stars that, you know, that we helped, you know, that 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 was part of the DNA and the fabric of TRL. If I can't go on to say the thing that everybody yeah, already knows, I can't break it. Then what's my job? You know, if I can't even... I can't even retweet it, you know what I mean? So to speak on air, like, so, um, that's how, that's how, um, far I was when it comes to sort of Damn. this time that we're in now when yeah. I left. Because it's, it's funny that you say that because it's like, uh, it's something like it trying to explain what TRL was. <laughs> Try to explain what a VJ was. I had to do that on a yeah. podcast. <laughs> Which is crazy because like to me it's like, well, that's beyond words. It's like something in my bones, like the VJs. Like, and I <laughs> like, but truly, and it's like, but I'm what I'm trying to say is like yeah. trying to explain what TRL yeah. was when I was 12, 13, yeah. 14, to yeah. a 12, 13, 14 year old now oh, would yeah. be like trying to explain like a different planet to an like earth to an alien like it's so fundamentally different like this every aspect of it like this every aspect every of aspect it. because it's like you have to understand what the world felt like before the internet which like yes. i i feel like my people my age are like the buzzer beaters on like really yeah. like the last few people who got to do that and it's like trl was it in terms of like <laughs> our pop culture it was the yeah. It was the top of the pyramid in terms of everything. Like what music yeah. was big, what the news was, who yeah. was on it. Like yep. it was such a big deal. And now 
and it's there's it makes this conversation make me very nostalgic for that time. I do think there's a good thing that there's more of a dissemination of like egalitarian access to information. Yeah. Sure, but like yeah. there was something cool about like everyone tuning in, the sense of community nationwide yes. of like we're all tuning in to TRL to see like if someone's gonna knock, I don't know, Mariah out of yeah. the top spot this week or whatever. Like that was huge. I know, I know, I know. I mean, I don't. I, I, explaining that is I've gotten myself in those jams. Yeah, you know? I'm sure. You, you, you know, and, and you're just like, Ugh, this is so clunky and I feel so old. I'm not even, <laughs> you know, because then you have to also explain like what live TV was. Right. Cause now it's like SNL and that's it. Like that's the only live thing left. But I watch SNL on YouTube. I yeah, watch all that's the so true. It's not even, I mean, I don't even yeah. who's watching the no, live so broadcast true. of it. Totally. Unless you're like a hardcore, you know, fan, but like you have to explain to some people what cable TV was then, you know, like it's, it's so, it, it, so like you, it's like you, it, it, you lose your way so quickly in trying to explain what a VJ <laughs> yes. was, what TRL was, you know, it's not about MTV changing it. The whole world, the world, you know, the changed. literal they world They always changed. say, oh, like, well, MTV stopped playing music. No, MTV stopped playing music because people stopped watching Yes. Uh, you know, TV for music, you know, so uh, otherwise we would, they would still be playing, you know, music videos. Like it just, everything changed. That is so true that it is such a chicken and the egg conversation where people always do villainize the media outputs for like being like, they stopped doing this. It's like, well, there's a reason they weren't yeah. like, this is doing well and culture loves it. Let's yeah. bail. Like that's never, let's what's, bail. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. never what's ever happened. We have too much money. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's go to the Jersey shore. You know what I mean? Like, let's it's go so there. True. Like that's not... You know, they, I think that it was all, yeah, it just, everything changed and it happened so quickly as the internet and technology does, you know, it, it happened. I, I mean, it felt like to me, it happened overnight, like one day. Cause, cause you know, people also ask like, oh, you know, did you miss it? I was like, it didn't exist when I, by the, when I left, like there is, was no TRL. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Like there, it all, we, it all ended kind of at the same time around the same yeah. time. So it wasn't like I was then I left and then I was watching TRL being like, Oh, that's so, you know, it, there just wasn't right. It was it all was, done. Yeah. It's like, there's no, I can't miss this thing. Cause it's gone. Like it's, it's gone. Yeah. It's truly gone. And yeah. in such a fundamental way of like the way it couldn't yeah. even exist, No, which is such a unique not that many people can say that like the entire industry I worked in, like doesn't exist anymore. Sort of is yeah. like, was that, no, yeah. this is like not about going out, but I am just very curious. Was that like incredibly personally destabilizing to be like, what do I do? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, can you, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it still is like, you know, you, you get to every sort of, you know, there's my, right milestones, milestones right, in yeah. your life where you're like, okay, that is where, you know, when my parents moved me to Vermont, okay, here we go. That's yep. one pin, right? I moved to New York. That's another pin, you know, and you have these pins. And that yeah. was, I remember, cause, cause I remember I left MTV and I, the whole time, I, it wasn't like I had ever wanted to be on MTV. I really didn't have a concept of what MTV was. I mean, I knew what it was, but I grew up in a very small uh, community of, you know, my parents didn't mm -hmm. speak English. We did not speak English at home. They were born again Baptists, you know, so Damn. secular music wasn't allowed. We were poor. Nobody was going to pay for cable. You know, I still have yeah. to, we always like my husband and I are like, Oh, you know, the antennas, the dial, yeah, yeah, the dial, the antennas. I had the pliers when the dial fell off of the TV to, totally. to turn it to the six channels. And, and so that was sort of like my world. And when I came to MTV, of course I knew what it was, but I had never seen MTV. Like and were VJs in terms of, I guess VJs were a thing in the nineties. So it was oh, like, yeah, art, yeah. it was very established. I at knew, that point. I knew of it. Of course it was in the ether, but it really was in the ether. So yeah. So for me coming to MTV, I had always imagined if I wanted a career as a journalist, there was only one path. And that path was the path of Connie Chung. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. someone who looked like me, you get one, there's only one thing on the menu. That's your shot. <laughs> that's, that's it. We got nothing else but Connie Chung. So, so I had always imagined that 
that was the path that mm-hmm. I was taking. Although like MTV was a bit, you know, around the way, but I always thought, okay, then I go from MTV, then I go to a, a news desk and then I go to, a, you know, become the anchor. And then I do, you know, and then yes. I'm Connie Chung or, you know, Diane Sawyer, like that's Some, yeah. where, that's where my mind always was. And so when I left MTV, I remember, uh, I, I, I did that, you know, I was like, okay, now it's time to graduate college. Mm-hmm. I'm off to, you know, grad school at this, you know, uh, at one of the networks. Mm-hmm. And I did the, did the rounds, did the auditions, did the things da, da, da. and, you know, it was months and months of, you know, um, of, of that process of vetting. And I got to the end of that road. And I remember very clearly uh, prophetically, mm-hmm. I was standing with uh, a friend of mine at the time who um, was also at MTV and who knew me very well. And we were in the middle of Times Square in that triangle. I don't know what Times Square looks like now, but like in front of uh, the network that I was oh, uh, I know exactly what trying to. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I remember there and I come out of there uh, after a meeting and he was like, is this what you want to do? Essentially that was the conversation because he could tell that I was, there was something happening. Like it just wasn't lighting me up or it just, I just, I wasn't sure. And he was like, if I offered you a job to do something else, would you take that job? And I, and I kind of thought about it and I said, yes. And I, and I remember being in that moment being like, holy shit. That's scary like, to realize. I had laid my life out very clearly. He was offering me a job that had nothing to do with what I was doing. It was in the pro-social world, you know, um, working with, you know, really amazing uh, activists and org- organizations. And I was like, I don't even know what I would do there, but I would rather do that than go down this path. And I think the whole thing was changing so fast. And, and, and the way that I had conceived of what a news journalist looked like was just no longer. Right. Yeah. And so I've been going through this traditional process and the whole time I'm going through it, I'm thinking, I mean, you still use fax machines. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm like, you still do. So all of this stuff was going through my mind. And, and I just was like, that's not, that that work that thing is dying. That's a Titanic sinking. They just don't know it yet. They're still oh. at the party. Yep. But the iceberg is ahead. And I was like, I don't want to be there for that. And I also don't want to be at that party. That party is really boring. Totally. <laughs> Coming totally. from MTV and that experience. So it was extremely destabilizing um, in the sense that that you know, it changed the trajectory of my life. MTV didn't change the trajectory of my life. This whole thing we're talking about, right? This shift, this like cultural shift. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I can relate to that so much because I think that like, I think that I, I feel like that was happening in the restaurant industry to an extent when I moved to New York, because I think that social media because like when I, I moved to New York seven and a half years ago which yeah. I think was like really when um and when I moved to New York I was really 50 not I was probably like part of me was really considering doing restaurants as my career and not being a comedian um yeah. and I kind of was trying to hedge the bet hedge bets on both right and do like both yeah. at the same time and I feel like that was really when the push was starting to happen of social media being the number one driving force of how restaurants promote themselves and exist. And I was experiencing how that was massively shifting what restaurants value and like what what restaurants like promote and how they operate. And that was really terrifying to me because I was realizing that like the thing I loved, which is kind of like, it's almost what you're talking about. Like the, with like the events that you were just talking about with like the lack of phones and yeah. stuff. It's like, I loved having like a really intimate vibe of like everyone in this room is connected to the same thing. And it's like only for the people in this room. And then like, and anyone's welcome in, but if you don't happen to walk through these doors, like you're not going to get it. And now it's all about like broadcasting literally at all times. Like how can we get the fo- the food on this table photographed and posted and shared? And the people who are sitting in these chairs photographed and posted and shared to make it like about this restaurant being a destination. 
more than about it being like this experience. And I was like realizing that because I was working, I also was going from working at a taco restaurant in Burlington, Vermont to like a very high end fancy restaurant full of celebrities in Gramercy. And I was like losing my mind, but it was that realization of like, Oh, the thing I like have been fantasizing about for the past few years is dying. And I don't know, I don't know what to do. And it's such a, it's a weird scary thing that you kind of have to and I actually almost did the same thing you did where I was like let me just fully jump ship and change and then I I I like I've never talked about this publicly but I went through like four interview rounds at a nonprofit to move into working in the nonprofit mm-hmm. sector um because I was like I don't know what to do like what else to do this is too scary and then right at the end when they were going to offer me the job they said that the um something had changed in their funding and the only position yeah. they were allowed to offer was the hours were it was working on the streets from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. and I was like I can't do that and so I turned the yeah. job down but I really almost did fully change my entire life because yeah. of that experience of seeing how much things were changing and how quickly and it's all because of yeah. social media. It's all because of social media. Like, it's crazy. It's it's so crazy, and it just keeps. It just it just keeps. Uh, there's no end to it. This is it. Like, you know how you you know you know we're like well this thing. I mean, even MTV made made that. I mean, some would say fatal mistake. You know, of like really underestimating. You know, I mean, MySpace. You know, yeah. MySpace is dead. But like that was like the big controversy, you know, when, when we were there, it was like, how do we compete with MySpace and, and underestimating the power of, of the internet and the power of, like you said, the, the democracy of, of information. And, 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 and now it's, it, it's a love hate relationship. I'm sure it is with you, you know, like I, we both know a world where we're nostalgic for that world where it doesn't exist. So I think there's always a love hate relationship. Yeah. Um, and the older you are, the more hate there is. <laughs> you know? Totally. I think it's been interesting for me because over the past, like, I would say it's much less of a love hate relationship now because over the past yeah. year it's become a part of my job. Like That's as right. I, like it became the method with which I was like building a following and getting my comedy out there. And now it's like how I promote my shows and sell yeah. tickets and stuff like that that boundary of like, oh, this is now a work tool made it feel so much safer and not Mm. as like unhealthy. Whereas like Mm. before when I had Instagram, just because like everyone has Instagram and it was like part of my personal life and how I was showing things and how I was like socializing with people. But also it's like how you're comparing yourself to people and how like now that it is like very much a work tool, it's like a much healthier relationship. But I Mm. think, and that was eye opening to me to be like, oh, this was kind of poisonous to me when it was like a personal joy tool. Like, cause it wasn't a joy tool. It was like self-harm at all times. <laughs> oh yeah. But it's been so, interesting to see that shift. Um, before, so when you were like, are you someone now, do you, are you like a homebody? Do you like to go out? Do you enjoy a, a night out? What, like, what is your kind of socializing feel like? I mean, you know, everything's changed so much, but um, totally. also it hasn't changed very much for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like my, the people that know me the best are like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm sure you're, you're, they're <laughs> like, they're like, do you know that there's a pandemic? I'm like, yeah. I have heard. <laughs> that um, so I think that that, uh, so I think we're all kind of figuring it out. Yeah. I think there's a sense right now in this moment in time of like, everybody's at a 24 hour buffet and I just need to get all the food in my mouth. I want to taste everything. I want to set it on fire. I want people to set things on fire. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yes. I'll sleep when I'm dead. I've been, you know, like who knows when we're going to shut down again, like let's, you know, and, and, and so there's that kind of um, a resurgence. I think a love of, of going on. In fact, like I moved to Santa Barbara in, like I said, in the middle of this pandemic, I, everything was shut down. And so I actually don't know where I live. And as someone told me this, I don't know if it's still true that Santa Barbara um, per capita uh, has the most restaurants um, than any other city in the world. I don't know. Someone told me this. It's probably a person who lives here. That's cool. And so, so I'm just getting this out, but so I, um, but I had never been to anywhere. So right now I, I'm having some friends visit who uh, that hasn't happened. And so I went 
online and what are the top restaurants in Santa Barbara? So I'm making those reservations. I'm like, I feel, I feel a little bit like the, the geeky girl in the, with the, you know, bar guy, guy going yeah. around town. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't know. They say this has the best pizza in Santa Barbara. Let's make a reservation. So I think, um, I think, uh, yeah, there's that. And, and like you said, places are now, uh, into themselves, um, a destination, right? Yes. Like I, I was just invited to a birthday party and they were like, well, I've already made the, made the reservation at, I don't, I don't know the name. I think it's something like Gwen or something like that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the whole time I thought we were going to a woman's house, you know what I mean? Like a, <laughs> like we're going to Gwen's, totally. you know, but like the way the lingo even, yeah. you know, in that is, is like, you're not going out, you're going to a place. Yes. And so that's, that's, that's really changed. And um, in terms of like what I, um, how I view going out now, you know, now it's like, I really am still chasing and I truly just good tasting food. Like yeah. I really don't care what it looks like. In <laughs> fact, I'm very wary if the restaurant is too beautiful. I'm like, oh, they spent all the money on <laughs> on the Instagram shot and they totally. didn't spend any money trying to figure out what the food is, you know? So I'm still into the the divey things, the things that like get whispered, like, oh wait, have you tried? Yes. So for me, it's the pursuit of food. And I think maybe when I was younger, it was more the pursuit of, you know, Balthazar, you know, which doesn't have the best food, but like you get that corner booth and you know what I, I mean? know, like and it's, it's like a, a moment. It's a scene. It's a moment, right? Totally. Um, so I think that that has really changed for me. Totally. And I think you do frankly have the luxury of you um have more than most people probably experienced a lot of those things in a way where you can be like, no, but the food needs to taste good. Do you know what I mean? Like you can say like the corner of Booth of Balthazar was an experience, but like I would prefer the food to be delicious. Whereas like people who have never had those experiences are probably like, I got to try. You know what I mean? Like people are chasing this thing that you've really thoroughly experienced. You know what I mean? You're like, I was watching Britney. You're like, I was watching Britney and Justin dance before it was public, but the canapes were shit. Canapes were shit, you know. I already did that. I did two decades of shitty canapes watching pop stars dance. I just want to eat really good food, and I don't want to have to take pictures of it or like wonder about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what the who the you know designer of the apron is. Like I don't care. Like what does the food taste like? Yeah. Yeah, that's such an interesting like. I feel like more than anyone maybe I've ever talked to in my life, it's like you're like you have this like gilded level of like, no, I've done all the cool stuff. I don't. Well, you can't swindle me. I did all me the cool like, stuff from the years of 2001 to 2010. That's it's when very- everything was cool to me. Like you need like in my book, like that's what I'm saying. Like to like anyone, I feel like you could say to anyone ages like 27 to 35, it's like it's you could be specific. like. I'm that that's my whole like that's I know, but you can that's I'm like why you, we're here you're like that's you can be why like, we're I, here we see each other truly 100 you can be like like you could truly be like I was forged in the fires of what you thought was cool so like try me I'll win every time I, I was driving in LA the other day and um I, I looked over I was like one oak do you remember One Oak? Of course I remember One Oak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, do they have a one? Is it the same One Oak in LA? They have, I think there's a One Oak in LA and a One Oak in New York. And I think there's a One Oak Miami. Okay, so the One Oak, so the, obviously we're talking about the One Oak in New York when yeah. that opened, you know, that was like a moment. Of course. Um, And then, and so it just is funny, like driving down and seeing the franchise of a moment. <laughs> I know. know, I call that category of places, I call those the Sex in the City restaurants. Oh, yeah. So like One yeah. Oak, Tao, you know, like yeah. all of those, like it's like such a vibe that I think is so funny. So were you also a homebody when you were younger or did that come as you like grew up a little bit? Um, Always a homebody. I always like joke. Yeah. I like I, you know, you sometimes you see children and 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 you're like, oh, you're an old person trapped inside 100 percent a, a, a child's body. I was born energy level, 20% charge, <laughs> um, you know, 62 going on, you know, 75, totally. you know, it, it, so I've always been that way. So were the and MTV years hard for you in that way where like that's they so were dissonant? really hard. And also wait, get, I don't drink. Oh, at all? 
I don't, I, I, I have the, I'm missing both enzymes. Like most Asian people are missing just the one and that's why they get flushed. Okay. But I'm missing both. So I'm allergic. Oh, I'm wow. Totally allergic. So I don't drink. Right. And I don't really like to go out. So there were, I had, there were other ways that I sort of kept myself awake, but I was also the most sober person all the time. At yeah, these parties, totally. Which is kind of awesome because I saw it all go down. To I the know. Very I, end. Mean, I feel. I know. I feel like PR companies <laughs> are listening to this right now, mess. being like, "We need to take her out." Like she knows too much. You're <laughs> <laughs> so lucky it was me. I know, You're right? So lucky. I could name a few that I'm like, you are really lucky that I was the person that saw that and don't really care. But uh. um. But yeah, so so it was really tough and and but but it was part of my job, but it was also part of my job being a young person in my 20s living in New York. Like It's kind I, of a gift I guess in that way that it probably yeah. gave you a little kick in the pants to go do it all. I did it all and and like I said I was never I always I'm always when you're the soberest person, I know nobody can relate to this. This is the craziest thing. No, nobody there are plenty can relate of people to this. that don't drink, but Really? Yeah. Well, and, and when you're the most soberest person in the room, always, and has yeah. always been, you always know exactly when to leave. I've had my sober friends tell me this. Like I was actually <laughs> just talking to my friend who he's never, he's, he did, he used to drink, but stopped for a few years. And I was like asking him about going out. And I think I had asked him like, does it trigger you to go out with people? He was like, no, but he's like, I can sense an energy shift where yeah. he's like, and for him, I'm a, I don't know if this is what it is for you. He's like, it's like when the inebriation, he can feel when it hits a level where he's like, well, no one's actually here. So I'm out. Like, it's time to go. No. Yeah. It's no one's here or there's some shit's about to go down. You know, people are getting aggressive, oh, you know, I'm um, just a bad because- person. Cause I would be like, I'm going to find a corner, like, <laughs> <laughs> but I would keep watching. Like, I mean, I did, I did ass. some of that, but yeah, generally I was like, no, no, no. Cause usually it was at my table. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I oh, all these clowns and yeah. someone's about to do something. I'm like, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go totally. right now. <laughs> Time to get so, out. So yeah. The energy shift of like it, to me, the energy shift of like, uh Oh, the fun has fun has left the room. Yep. And now we're left with either people are going to start crying and I hate that. No, I don't want, I don't want, the worst, the worst drunk is someone the crier. Is a cri- the crier. I would rather have a stabber and defend <laughs> my life. I would rather have a crossbow in my face and defend my life than someone who is on my sleeve crying and begging me to stay. That person, I will, I, 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 there's violence in my heart. I'm just like, because <laughs> I'm also you know? guessing there's like no good reason they're crying. Like it's just no good reason. <laughs> I'm just like, no. So, and uh, so, so that, so as soon as fun leaves the room, I'm like, I gotta, I, I'm gonna stick around to see if anything kind of comes out of this mess. But it's totally. going to be a minute, just yeah. a, a quick New York minute. <laughs> and then it I'm doesn't out. happen now. I'm done. And um, you know what? Also, just flash before my brain. I lived in New York in a time before Uber. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. What are you talking about? Like I had to catch a cab home. I know. I'm not gonna. It's what? What are you talking about? Very. We we had um. And dear God, I mean, I don't think I can get in trouble for saying this anymore, but we had, we had cars, you know, for talent, you know, yeah. at MTV, like we all had cars and access to cars. And so each of us, like we would get, I don't know, let's just say like two vouchers a day, Yeah, <laughs> one to get us to the office and one to get us home. Like it was like a corporate thing, Sick. but man, I'd be like, all right. If I walk home, you know, if I, if I, if I take a train into the office, I have an extra voucher. You know what I mean? So like we would be in the, I mean, this is some. The driver's like, Hey, this voucher wasn't for 4 AM. So what's going on here? The drivers are like, I'm getting paid more at this 4 AM. Sure. So we, you know, people would be like, who's got the voucher tonight? Cause you have to catch a cab. Yeah. Catch a cab outside Moomba. Come on no, now. No. Come on. You already skipped the Moomba line. Cab? You can't wait in a line now. <laughs> no cabs. So anyway, I was just like that thought crossed my mind. But yeah, so like I think um, you know, that sense. I've I've never drank. So like 
it, I'm always on, I'm always down and I'm like, oh, here comes around the witching hour time. Totally. And, you know, when things are going to turn. Yeah. That's, that is, I think that's even, because like, I feel like that was probably a big key in that making it that you could sustain that schedule and that job for as many years as you did was the fact that you weren't like imbibing every week or every night. I mean, I don't know how, I, I don't know how people did it. I mean, they imbibed 24 seven. I mean, I, I imbibed in things, you know, no, totally, from time totally, to totally. time. I mean, I'm, you know, definitely not a saint, but um, for sure, like getting up in the morning. I mean, I had to be in a, in a news meeting every morning at 9am. You know what I mean? Like that was not an option. Totally. And so, you know, that all of that, but it leads to, yeah, like I, I just don't, I think that there's a certain discipline to, to going out. Like you said, like when it is your job, it is a little bit, you do treat it a little bit different. Like, you know, when it's fun and then, you know, like, oh, it's, it's time. And I, you know, like I, I can have this, this meal again. I know I was talking, it doesn't all have to be, yeah. I, I was talking to a friend of mine about this because uh, and we were talking about someone we know who we really love, who like, we were like, we were expressing concern over like the way in which they're going out and how they're, how they're consuming when they're going out. Yeah. And I was like, as someone who goes out often and likes to, and now it has become part of their job. Yeah. I was like, I have to approach it with the mindset of like, yeah. you need to stay on top of this and be responsible yeah. and mindful yeah. so that you don't have to stop one day or like stop anytime soon. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like going home, not like, not getting another drink. Like it's like, yeah. and like, it's okay to want to do something and tell yourself like, no, like, you know, yeah. and it's like, you have to, if you want to make those things sustainable. No, and plan it. And plan. I'm it. like, I'm all for that. I, I think everybody needs to like, let loose and just have one of those like buffet nights where anything and everything is on the table. Like I think so, but you plan it. You know what I mean? Like it, the spontaneous buffet is not where I'm at in my life right now. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Like this has been, I have been <laughs> cleaning my chakras for two weeks. I'm, you know, taking probiotics, <laughs> knowing that this event is coming. Totally. And then I've had it three days after, you know what I mean? I'm taking reishi mushrooms. I'm, you know what I mean? 100%. Like doing all of the things I need to do. <laughs> Sound baths. <laughs> Sound baths, you know. Um, I've got one of those things coming up. I'm like, let me tell you, I am I am cleansing now because I will fill my thing, you know, um, fill my cup. So I think that that is, and I always joke to my friends when you, when you were like, Oh, what's what has changed for you? The other day I was laughing. Um, and I was like, Oh, a friend of mine invited me over to dinner and, uh, it was full sun in the sky (laughs) dinner. (laughs) And I was, it was like, we, we were having dinner at her house. She, you know, we're outside. And I was like, I love that during this dinner, I may have to reapply sunblock, guys. This is <laughs> my safe space and I love you. I'm like a full with, sun dinner. <laughs> I'm paying with jealousy because as we record this, the sun is setting in New York City at 2.54. So <laughs> like I'm looking out the window right. and we're like getting into sunset vibes. It's about to be I know, dark at four. I know. <laughs> this is not, yeah, this is, I live in a, in a, in a magical land. So yeah, so the, it just, it, it is very different than... It's very then, nice. Then, how yeah. you you mentioned you have kids, right? Yeah, I have two kids. <laughs> how old are they? You know what I mean. Seven and nine. I'm just curious. Like, it's just funny for me to think about like how they're the kind of they're the age where you're you're gonna be like you have no idea how fucking cool I was. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like you can have them call me and I'll post a TikTok being like, listen, oh your mom God. was the coolest person. <laughs> no, they have. They will. I mean, I know. I know, like they're still young too, where like totally. I'm still cool just because. Well, because they love you. Know you. What I mean? yeah. <laughs> because they love me. But I know it's coming around the corner and I can't wait till one day I say, you know, I remember when I, you know, was in the throes of like, uh, maybe some postpartum, let's be honest. Sure. And, totally. um, and I, and I remember I was on the phone with my friend who was also had a baby around the same time and just like sobbing, like, Every body part was leaking, you know what I mean? Tears and everything else that happens when you have a baby. And I remember saying, I was like, I, I used to be important. Like people, (laughs) people paid me to get on a fucking plane. Like who, what? Someone paid me to actually just sit on a plane. Like 
and you lose. I mean, I remember, and I was genuine, and she was yeah. like, "I remember that. I know you were important." You know, <laughs> you're both just like there sobbing. was no irony. There was no like, oh my lord, eye rolling. I was genuinely like bummed that I am no longer relevant or important. So. Um, I'm sure I'll have that moment and my children will just laugh as they, as they TikTok away into the night or whatever they're going to do. <laughs> What's horrifying is by the, by the time your kids are at that phase, it'll oh, probably no. not be TikTok. It'll probably no, be like, it'll be they like enter the virtual. computer simulation and like, I don't know. It'll probably, I don't even want to think about it. No, it's so scary. <laughs> it's so, it's scary. so scary. They're no, I, it's terrifying. I, I hope I'm, I hope I'm not alive to see what the hell my kids are going to have to live through. It's, I mean, it is going to be that they're going to be living in all like wearing weird gear and like, and I'm just going to be like, honey, I'm, I'm so sorry, sweetie, but do you want ketchup <laughs> on that turkey dog? I know. Wait, hold on. Sorry, I have to you unplug you your head for a second, but do you want dinner? <laughs> I mean, and it's so funny to think about, like, I think about when you like during like the big conversation in Podunk, Vermont was like, which families allowed the kids to watch TRL because it was a bad influence or not. And now it's like, if you knew what was fucking coming, like if you had any idea, but we all knew it was a terrible influence. No, I'm kidding. No, it was. I know. It's so sweet to think about that being the worst influence. Yeah, because that shit's on the Disney Channel now. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just so funny. I know. I know. Oh, my God. It just it. It really is. I mean, it, like I said, I think that there were it, it allowed for like dark moments to happen, yeah. you know, unobserved. And that was also you know, let's be honest, a little fun to be witness to. But I mean, there was, it some was of those pretty moments darn are, sweet. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah. Those are some of the most iconic moments. But yeah, I look back on TRL with like a definitely a warmth for yeah. sure. I mean, you, Suchin, you will always be cool to me. And please know <laughs> that. And you will always be important to me. And thank you so much for doing this show. This was so perfect. Oh, my God. I had I, I mean, I had no doubt that it was going to be a very satisfying meal. And I am I am satiated. Oh, so, so that glad. was so much fun. Thank you. And yeah, my kids will call you when I please. am screaming. I am important. I yes, I am available at any time for that service. Please just let me know. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seesai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to VinePair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible. 